I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 292 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. Brought to you from San Francisco, California, and Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. At the same time. You ever been to Portland, Maine, Riff? Uh, yeah. It's all right. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice, uh, it's a sleepy little seaside town yep. that they forgot to burn down. Portland. Uh, is Portland, like, lower extremity of Maine, like, when it's still uh, kind of normal? I can't, I can't picture geography in my head. Uh, what, is before that where LL Bean is, I think it's where LL, LL Cool J, J is from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Are there actually ports in Portland, Maine? Yeah, yeah. They made a lot of uh, they made a lot of uh, battleships there. Okay. Are you sure you're not talking about Portland, Oregon? Yes, they did both. Okay. Yeah, um, but they're both port cities. They are. Yeah, like San Francisco. Sure. And Portland. Oh, that's something we have in common, Riff. Port cities. Very similar ah. jobs. Uh, and and very similar functions of the cities that we live in. That's true. true. But Phoenix uh, has jobs a sky being harbor. unrelated to the functions of the cities. Oh sure. Well, I mean, we port things. Okay. You know, <laughs> I I remember we have not yet ported a game really. <laughs> flying into Phoenix and being like, wow, this is such a good name for an airport. Sky Harbor is a pretty good name yeah. for an airport. Right? Yeah. yeah. I I do wish it was like floating off the ground though. <laughs> like if the planes could just like sort of float up to a building that was, you know, hovering in the yeah. air. That yeah. would be big dirigible, big flat dirigible. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if they could do that, you wouldn't really need an airport because they could just let you off anywhere, right? Like With a parachute or a, a ladder? Like well, a if, rope ladder? Like what? <laughs> no, if a plane could just hover. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, there I, are so, planes that can do that. It, right, but they're not, like, practical for for mass air travel right i my my point is yep. that if you didn't have to if you didn't need a runway to land on yep. right and you could land on like a weird f- <laughs> imaginary cloud. floating cloud island yep. uh then you you know you could also just like they could just drop everybody off at their house mm. <laughs> okay well they could drop the first class passengers this off at their house like drone delivery or whatever right yeah are you thinking they would set up like a, a crash pad like near your house that then like they mathematically like launch you onto it from the airport from like <laughs> cruising altitude <laughs> that would work too that's a way you could do it with existing technology yeah <laughs> yes. question about drone delivery like is this only for areas where it's okay to leave a package like outside somebody's house because a package left outside my apartment would get stolen within minutes See, I always assumed that drone delivery for that apartment would land it on the roof, which would be fine, right? Uh-huh. The roof, the roof is. But you have to th- check the roof. Theoretically, every day. the same. Lo- well, you, it would probably tell you that it had delivered a package. Okay. I mean, it wouldn't just like. I mean, somebody might be leaving a present for you up there any day now, well, but so, you don't feel the need to check it every day. Don't like if I was an enterprising thief, I would be like, oh, well, now I just wander along the rooftops of San Francisco stealing everybody's packages. Did you, have you ever, I mean, you didn't spend nearly as much time on the roof as I did, I did in that apartment, but there was never anyone there who didn't live in the building at, at any well, point. Ever. Right, because there, there were no packages being delivered to the roof. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. Right. So I guess having access to one roof and superhuman speed, strength, and parkour abilities does give you access to every roof. <laughs> yeah. So that's a real security or vulnerability. Or they could just invent a, th- a drone thief. 
Oh, fuck. Oh. I didn't even think about oh, that. Oh, like a thief drone, yeah. you mean. Okay, yeah. it's not somebody who steals drones, but... Uh, <laughs> well, maybe okay. that, yeah. too. A thief t- or a drone, deli- a drone thief delivery system where you just grab onto a drone, ride it up to the roof, and then get all the packages. Right. Or a thief drone delivery system where you order a thief drone, <laughs> and it's, it's delivered d- to your it's roof. It's delivered to your yeah, roof right. by a thief. Or maybe just a giant <laughs> butterfly net. For okay. giant butterflies. Yeah. I mean, a you know, a, a, a twenty two rifle probably gets you a lot of a lot of free. I don't know. Butterflies? What do people order from Amazon? Yeah, butterflies. <laughs> butterfly samples. Books about butterflies. Yeah. Uh, cartoons. Like if you trade about you trade, butterflies on DVD. Like you can trade somebody a twenty two rifle for any of these things. But yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. Those in, things are all the- cheaper than a than a twenty two. I mean, eventually we'll be using those bullets as currency anyway. Well, I, I mean, uh, really, the most precious commodity at that point would be a, a bullet with butterfly wings uh, on on CD. Artistic. Yeah. Um, was that a song or an album? I have no idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Smashing Pumpkins. It, it's a song. Song. Okay. Was it on Melancholy and the Infinite Side? I don't Side? know. It, I think Bullet with Butterfly Wings is the Despite All My Rage, I Am Still Just a Rat in a Cage song. I think that wow, is the really? name of that song. Yeah. I never knew. I don't that. know. You know, I mean, listeners, somebody out there listening, Daryl, you know, and probably understand. You know that what? I'm I wrong. actually don't know that it's a song. I just assumed that because of the uh, Neil Cesariga song "Mullet with Butterfly Wings." Mm. Okay. Uh, what have you guys been up to? I heard a rumor. Oh yeah. Yeah. the The rumor that I heard. This is totally unsubstantiated, but I'm I want to believe it. Is that? Uh, Grimace, you know Grimace from like McDonald's. Yeah, uh, big purple fame. guy. Yeah, uh-huh. he is. Uh, he is an anthropomorphized taste bud. What? <laughs> right? No, I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> yep. so, whose mouth is he from? I, fuck if Someone I know. Someone with a purple tongue. It, so well, a, like a wino. Okay. Or, or somebody giraffe. who just eats. Or, who has eaten so much McDonald's that they've died. Or and, someone who just ate one oh, of those. Oh, like a hmm. bloated corpse now. Someone who just ate an ice pop. Okay, do they have anything purple at McDonald's? I don't, I don't think so. You can't Grape get like soda. a purple M&M's McFrosty or whatever they call What's the, um, a McFlurry. A McFlurry. McFlurry. Yeah, that's yeah. the, that's the McDonald's blizzard. It's a like, hey, let's that's a, let's take something that's a way shittier version of the thing that our competitor makes and name it after something that is a way shittier version of the thing that our competitor's <laughs> thing is named after. Okay. I mean, really, I guess they were they they were more more concerned with appropriateness. Yeah. Than, I mean, it makes it way easier to for like not having to explain what the, to the customers what that is. Yeah. Um. I hear that if you eat a blizzard every day for 20 years, they give you a ring. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh, no. No, Not a sword? (laughs) Well, that's five five years. years. Yeah, Yeah. every day for five years, you get a sword. (laughs) Uh, a helmet after Do you think that you... I mean, okay. So definitely, like, a 15-year-old could eat a blizzard every day for five years and not die. 20-year-old probably could. 25-year-old probably could. Where do you think that where do you think that stops? Well, so is your question about like the health risks in associated with eating a blizzard every day or or is it or that the, eating a blizzard every day will make you immortal? Or or I mean, like, I have no proof that it won't. Are you going to <laughs> just run out of time before you get hit by a train? 
to eat enough blizzards, right? Like, oh, I see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I I said I see, but I don't. <laughs> so, like, if you're 85, you're not gonna, you're probably not gonna be able to to eat 20 years worth of blizzards. But it has nothing to do with the health risks. 20. Oh, you're just probably gonna die before you're 105 how, years how old. How big okay. is a blizzard? Well, you can get a Eastern, small one. Eastern Seaboard. And it's, <laughs> For your yeah. thought experiment, small is okay. It counts, yeah. Okay. It, you can get a child's one, too, I guess. That's, how, how that's probably it? better. It's, I mean, it's still probably 700 it's like calories yeah. of ice cream. Yeah. I mean, depending on what the filling is. Like, okay, Snow. okay. what if you, you got, could... like, a bubble wrap blizzard so that <laughs> the the filling of the blizzard was... Air. Uh, yeah, was ancaloric and also took up space that would have been taken up okay. by the ice cream. So like Does that mean zero calories? Blizzard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like some, like a, you could fit that into a, not, not like the average human, but a human diet, like not in a healthy way, but in a not terrible way. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. someone who's like reasonably Especially big like and works work, out. Yeah. If you like, work so they, out and, yeah. yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like, like long distance runners eat 5,000 calories a day and it kind yeah, of doesn't of, matter what of, the fuck. Really? Of ice cream? I mean, well, it just doesn't matter. It, it, okay, guys, I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get, switch to this experimental diet. <laughs> you know, blizzards pretty fucking good. Are they? I, I hardly ever. Had I one. hardly ever have one. What it's do you been get years? Blizzed. Uh, so my my go to blizzard flavors are Reese's peanut butter cup. I like that. And chocolate covered cherry, which oh, that is great. Which yeah. is just cherries and chocolate. That like it's not. I don't think they actually put chocolate covered cherries. Oh, right. Like, they don't put like you know. Uh, Do you say that just because, like Queen Anne cherries or whatever? What you know? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The ones that you get around cherry Christmas. cordials. Yeah, cherry cordials. I don't think that they keep those to put in there. I think they just simulate the flavor by putting maraschino cherries and dark chocolate. But maybe not even dark. You chocolate. wouldn't even necessarily because it's all blended together. If the chocolate had started on the cherries, it wouldn't. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think they they figured there. that they figured that's the point. You know. They, well, yeah. Okay. Maraschino so, cherry is not so good. Are we just talking Maraschino like... Maraschino cherries are fucking great. Yeah, what is the delicious. matter with you? Compared to other cherries? They're good enough for Vladimir Lenin. They're yeah. good enough for me. <laughs> the, <laughs> like, how, Kevin, how do you feel about candy? I like candy. Because that's what they are. Sure, but it's... Like... There it, is better candy. There's good candy and there's bad candy. Okay. Right? No. Like, I'm not... Okay, so I'm it's, not a big fan of, like, Hershey's chocolate. Like, Hershey's milk chocolate, Cadbury chocolate. Like those What are, about Hershey Sherps? Yeah, yeah, I like Hershey Sherps. Uh, Put it in some milk. Yep, stir it up. That's you got, good. you got a treat. Yes, <laughs> but like, if I want a chocolate bar, I kind of want something that's like a more significant experience than their kind of. Right. Bullshit. So you want like a ninety-nine percent cacao? I don't want ninety-nine percent. Seventy percent is pretty good. Seventy hmm, percent cacao is what yeah. you. That's your cacao threshold. Huh? It is. <clears throat> People who like uh, extremely high uh, cacao proportions in their chocolate are known as. Cacao boys. Yes. Mm. I've, I've definitely noticed a pattern where like people who like high quality chocolate and people who like dark chocolate tend to be the same people because bad dark chocolate is the worst. Yes. Whereas bad milk chocolate is still pretty good. Yeah. Bad milk chocolate is still sugar. sugar, Yeah. Bad dark chocolate is just real bitter and chalky. Have you ever gone to, um, Dandelion. Dandelion, yeah. yeah. In San Francisco on Valencia Street. No. It is uh, a high-end chocolate manufacturing place. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I have been there. They sell, uh, you can just buy roasted cacao bits. Okay. I'm pretty sure I have been there. It is, 
I I bitter. really like it, but it is like just I I want to experience the bitterest possible yeah, thing kind of and a lot of it right now, <laughs> and that's that's what that's what makes you put one of those in your mouth. They sell a box of one of each of the candy bars that they made in 2016. Two hundred dollars. How many oh. candy bars is it? It's like ten. It's like twenty bucks a candy bar. Wow, that's a lot of that's God. a lot of dollars per candy bar. Yeah, it's it's a cool box. It like unfolds sort of like an accordion or whatever, and it's like it's still like cardboard. Fancy. No, it's like wood. It's a oh, wooden box. Well, oh, okay. okay. So a nice wooden box. That's one hundred and sixty dollars right there. Sure. Do you remember when they had the uh, the salted licorice in the uh, mm. the Campo Santo office? Yeah, that was a bad. Time. Yeah, that was sent by an Idle Thumbs fan, I think. Or, like or I, 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 Thumbs I, enemy. <laughs> that stuff was great. Uh, I, I remember like putting one in my mouth and like deciding I want this out of my mouth immediately. But then like a minute later, I was like, no, I want more of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. In fact, yeah, I want a no. bag, I want a bag yeah. of that for at home. You that's know? how you learned. That's how you learned to like them. That in, in high school, we had a running gag where we called good and plenty's punishment pills. And we, <laughs> we all kept a box of them in our backpack. And whenever one of our friends did something dumb or annoying, we'd hand them out punishment pills that they would then be obligated to eat. And we it's all like hated douche them. douchebag jar. Yeah. Except by the end of the year, we were all like, oh, yeah, these are these are pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's weird because good and plenty is not like it's bad for the same reason that black licorice is bad when you don't like it. But it, it's not really it's good. Really sim- it's not really good for the same reason that black licorice is good mm-hmm. when you do like it. I don't think. Hmm. Um, if you just swallow it, you don't even bother with it. <laughs> this was sort of your yeah. equivalent of bros icing bros. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. It was were, like, yeah, the were... super nerd equivalent of that, basically. Yeah. If you ice somebody and it's not cold, does that count? I yeah, I'm pretty sure. Lukewarming that, somebody. That's gross. Yeah. Just bros tepiding bros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean the whole thing is gross and that's what's so amazing about it as a concept. I wonder how many of our listeners remember, even remember that or were alive <laughs> during that period. It wasn't that long ago. Eh. I, yeah, I feel like it was less than five years ago, and yet I had forgotten oh. until you brought it up. It was like a decade. Yeah, was it? it was like early 2000s, I okay. think. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Oh. Time time accelerates. That's yeah, fucked up. Yeah. I looked up how long it was between when 1984 was published and The Prisoner came out, and it was about the same amount of time as it's been since The Matrix. Oh, my God. Weird. This yeah. is con- confusing <laughs> because one of those things has a year in it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that, but that year is 1949, as it right. turns out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, it, actually, less time between The Prisoner coming out and the year 1984 than between 1984 being published so and The Prisoner. Was that, was that what, 35 years? Is that the idea? Was that it was 35 years in the future? Was what, it? 49, 49 to, 84? to 84. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I wonder why 35. Like, I wonder what. Eh, it seems far enough that everything will be terrible. Maybe you started writing it in 48 and just reversed it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. If he had written, if he had written it in 1942, it would have been a historical fiction. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching so much Boardwalk Empire. It's so good. So that is set in the Prohibition era. Yes. I don't know. I think I've we've probably had this conversation before. I feel like in my head, I had conflated that with Entourage, which is like a modern era thing, right? I think so. Okay. I don't know, but. I've, the pictures like I've seen of Jeremy Piven don't, don't look like right. he has a weird mustache or uh, he's wearing a centurion uniform or um, okay. <laughs> his... 
Mark Wahlberg is a caveman. Is it is good? Mark Wahlberg even in Entourage? I think he is, right? Is uh is Boardwalk Empire like enjoyable? Is yes, it enjoyable it's very good. In the way uh, that like uh Deadwood is enjoyable? It yes. Uh, it's not as good as Deadwood, but nothing okay. is. But it's 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 similar uh, thing. It's it's why, the thing why compare the two. They're both HBO prestige okay. television dramas. Um Boardwalk Empire was the thing that the guy who made the Sopranos made after making uh, the Sopranos. Um, interesting. Okay. But yeah, it's, I mean, I really like Steve Buscemi a lot. I and so it. a thing where Steve Buscemi is the sort of like main character mm. antihero is, is, you know, I'll watch, I'll watch any number of those. Cool. The second season, which, uh, which I'm in now is very, very violent compared mm. to the first season. I can see that, I guess. Like it's hard to do a gangster thing without going to. Yeah. It's, you know, you can spend a season violence. establishing characters and people just threatening each other and stuff, but like eventually some, some people have to start getting their dicks cut off. Hmm. Nobody gets their dick cut off yet. Nobody gets nobody gets fed to pigs. So I guess far. Deadwood was pretty violent. Yeah, but it was almost all off screen. So has anybody else been doing anything other than learning the stuff about grimace? What we really got off that in a hurry. <laughs> oh yeah. Hmm. I well we we agreed beforehand not to research it. So like yeah, it's true. I have this idea in my head that Grimace was like a has like a Smurfette origin story where Grimace was like maybe there was a time there was an episode in the history of McDonald Land. Do you think there was ever a McDonald Land and the Land of Dairy Queen crossover? Mm. Hmm. No, but it sounds like slash fiction. War. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> the the well the Dairy Queen and the Burger King forged an uneasy alliance. <laughs> And made some really nasty sandwiches. <laughs> um, the well, although like a cheeseburger, really cheeseburger. a cheeseburger is kind of a union of the Dairy right. Queen's domain and the Burger King's <laughs> fiefdom. Is not a, you know, a king doesn't have a fiefdom. Come on. Um, that no, that that grimace was like a bad guy that was converted to the good side, and he was maybe. Maybe he was one of a, a group of personifications of negative emotions, huh. right? Because it like I, taste. I, I kind of feel like grimace as a word for people of our generation, at least, means that guy, and it does not mean like a rictus of pain uh, as an expression. Uh, oh, I'm I'm weird, that. but I use it like yeah. that. Yeah. So. Well, but we're like. We're dorks. It we is dorks. weird that that's the name they chose. Right. For the that's what I'm saying. That seems like the name of a villain, and yeah. I think maybe that's why I believe that about. Well, I mean, there was the ham murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Smur- Smurfette. That sounds like a villain. Stabble, stabble. <laughs> right. Was that like from the Onion? It was. Yeah, yeah. That was the the classic, the greatest. Right. Article. What have you been up to, Jim? Uh, there were some. Um, like a camp counselor contacted me about taking some kids to co-working. Wait, what? Uh, the, is it like dweeb camp? It was, it was, it was like, wait, wait. so the, the camp is basically just classes. Yeah. Like, so like summer nerd camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. but apparently like the current camp that this company is running, like there are three kids in computer camp. And apparently, apparently that means H- they're learning HTML and CSS. Okay. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and then there's like 
15 kids God, in could you like get them into drugs instead like the <laughs> something more worth their time <laughs> i tried my best to get them into game development mm. um is uh, this why you were asking about like html5 game development? no That's no that was that was for personal reasons i see um and then like i didn't meet any of these kids but there are apparently 15 more in like public speaking camp hmm. <laughs> seems like an even worse idea um but so like these three kids showed up uh at co-working and they like asked me to give an impromptu speech on game programming so i made up some shit about like using like cartesian coordinate systems to represent i didn't use those words to represent somebody's position in space neat and things like and like how you like you build up all these tiny rules and in the end, that the, all the the thousands of rules make the player feel something, and that's what you're trying to ah. like. That's what you're trying to uh, to do with game design to evoke. Yeah, and that's, then they played a bunch of games. That's pretty good for some shit you just made up. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was it's almost like you really believe. That. I was on the spot. Nice. Um, that's awesome though. Like the maid seems like a fucking great place to take kids absolutely. who are like nerdy computer yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, um, and. Yeah, and then I, I was watching this like nine-year-old play River Raid nice. for the twenty-six hundred, which was a River Raid is still a lot of fun to play. Yeah, it's a really good video game. I will still play some River Raid every time I set up the Atari Lounge hmm. at Zapcon. I don't know that I remember it at all. I didn't have it as a kid. Like, it's just this is a good game. In a way that Pitfall, although Pitfall was like endlessly fascinating to me as a kid. I'm not really interested in playing. Yeah, it now. I feel like Pitfall was like a better, like it evoked a world better than River Raid, but I don't think it holds up as well as a game, especially because like there are modern games are still doing that particular thing better. Yeah, and you know that it doesn't. I feel like you know it doesn't go anywhere, and that kind of makes the experience mm -hmm. hollow of playing Pitfall. Even yeah. even as a kid, after playing it fifty times, it was like, well, you know. It's always the same, and it doesn't ever really mean anything. Whereas River Raid was at least like this; just keeps getting harder until I die. Right. And that was yeah. It's it's weird, just like life. Yeah, it's weird that that was my reaction because like River Raid, um, like pe people are totally still making shmups in, in games like that. So like I don't know why River Raid still feels special to me. I mean, people are still making platformers with well that was my argument for why pitfall doesn't seem interesting anymore oh oh right okay yeah that makes sense <laughs> so uh, sorry i'll start listening <laughs> <laughs> how many how many shmups are happening uh where the concept is that you're on water instead of in space or the air? well you're flying a plane in river raid yeah I, although it's can you you're in like a canyon narratively yeah, right because the, the wall the bank kills you and and it also has the concept of refueling which is interesting right and like you can shoot the fuel instead of refueling oh, no. so there's a nice risk reward thing there yeah Someone you get points you get fuel. points instead <laughs> of time because you, you're yeah. the only player yeah it always was you yep and then there was the kid who like didn't like video games and had never played video games with the maid uh, that that the one of the three kids at computer camp That's pretty what high did, did he just want to make spreadsheets uh, I didn't ask. Why is he in computer camp if it's not to make video games? What? Uh, maybe his parents put him there. What possible motivation could someone have to use a computer if not to use it to make <laughs> games? Especially at that age. It's, yeah. it's perverse. Sheets, definitely. 
Mm-hmm. I, g- I gave him. Well, I guess you could. Make I mean, maybe he wanted game. to make his own porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, you could just. No, he was. He you was too young for that. Pixel art was porn like in a spreadsheet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You could. Yeah, you could find that Easter egg the, in Excel that takes you into the, that VR sex dungeon. <laughs> we've got the perler beads that they made, so we could uh, do it that way too. Okay. I, I gave I mean, him. I guess uh, one perler bead looks kind of like a boob. Right. <laughs> I gave him Super Mario Brothers three and had a really hard time with it. Hmm. Um, and then I gave him uh, Earthbound, and I don't know if he was enjoying it, but he was at least like seeing new stuff all the time instead of like repeating the same half a level over and over again. Hmm. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was like a, a neat little like just diversion from trying to do work, I guess. Um, uh, to have these these three kids show up and talk to them about game development. That's awesome. I. I love that a lot. Yeah. What um are you you're still doing your weekly co-working? Yeah, uh it's been happening god since 2013, I think. Wow, damn. Yeah. Neat. Everybody come to the Maid in o- it's in Oakland. It's in Oakland. Okay. Is- and it's a video game museum. Yep, it's a video game museum on the weekends and during the week it's either like special events or closed. What kind of building is it? It's um it's 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 got a storefront now. It's like uh, on the sidewalk, uh, uh, next to uh, like a Toyota dealership. Okay. Um. So like it, it the the previous location was like um like the, the second floor of an office building, so no one ever knew it existed. Uh, but this time, like this location, we have like an actual sign out front, and so people like will wander in during co working and ask what's going on. Um, which, like, <laughs> and then you come up with an impromptu speech about how <laughs> their position is. Yeah, uh, you're you're combining thousands of tiny rules in an attempt right, to make them right, feel something. Yeah, I've I've been practicing it for a rule while. one is we're closed. Get the fuck out of here. Did it's you for, see that? Uh, do you feel that, sad? Good. <laughs> that screenshot of somebody who was like using cellular automata to um, they had like so they were navigating a two oh, yeah, D yeah. maze and they're torch would like light up the walls in a certain radius around them and then the the as they moved past it uh the area would be sort of degrade with a cellular automata rule set so it would like linger for a while so you'd sort of still have walls for a bit and then it would slowly degrade into the i did not that's neat it's really cool looking (laughs) i wasn't sure what was happening i thought maybe they had come up with a set of Cellular automata rules that would generate a maze, and another set that would navigate a maze, and another set that would provide illumination around a thing that was. And I was no. pretty impressed by that, but no, I think it's just the just they the were controlling the the blue thing that was. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Because it looked like it it looked it like it was made of things. cellular automata. Yeah, itself. That's, that is entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you guys know uh, that one of my dreams is coming true <laughs> in video games? I found out the secret world. Yeah, I found out. So you did know, or you yes. just saw me talking about it? Well, it was a secret. Okay. Um, the they are relaunching the secret world as a single player game. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah. <laughs> um, and I that but, idea because I never got to play it. Right, and it's it's totally free to play, so it's not even the like buy to play MMO that it is now, and it's like Diablo y. It seems like like you go to a multiplayer hub world and party up, and then you can go play all the story content, and it ha- they've replaced the combat system and the like inscrutable 
weapon and skill system with like you just pick a class like hey i want to be a guy that hits things with a rock or whatever uh and uh yeah it's like actiony combat it's like they, they described it as a reticle based combat instead of <laughs> instead of the weird like so it's a real-time MMO strategy stuff. game yeah <laughs> but man am i excited about this it's probably going to be terrible I don't but know that I think to it's keep all of the cool I, story content. Yeah, I don't know that I think it's probably going to be terrible. Yeah, I think like, there, there there's definitely a pretty good chance it's going to be terrible. But like, I I always want like ambitious failures to find some new way to like get the content that a lot of people really cared about and worked on really yeah, hard yeah. in front of people who would enjoy it. And this yeah. seems like the exact right way for them to do that. You can like they're just leaving the MMO up. They're not adding new content to it, but like. There's still that's still just running on the servers that it's on, and your characters still exist. Oh. Yeah, I played I guess a couple of sessions of Secret World, and I was really impressed with the writing. Um, and so that, I, I'll be happy to go back to that. The other thing I was really impressed with was the um, the investigations, which I don't know how that would translate to a single player experience. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, because they're just like sort of little mini args. You didn't have to talk to anybody else. In the game, like it wasn't like you needed three people to stand on these three levers at the same time or whatever no, but, to solve them. But they, you really need—I mean, you needed a wiki, right? You needed it. Well, you that, needed that's a, the part that makes it not fun. Though. You needed like, a community. So they, like, they were like designed to be solved by a community, the way that ARGs are. Yeah, like of, the, right? my best experience with that was like when there was like three or four people in a party talking through an investigation. And I mean, I think that. You can party up in this game, and that's... so it, it, it's got multiplayer support. It does, yeah, but it's like four or five people at a time. I think it's that's fine. Like, it seems it seems like it's structurally like Diablo two or Diablo three now, yeah. where there's I, and that's that's probably better. But also, like that's now that I think about logistically, I don't know how I'm going to get five people to play this game with me when I didn't get five people to play the other game with me. Well, this one's free, which okay helps. With that, I think probably pickup groups will be easier to come by. Mm. Um, but you don't want to pick up group for solving a bunch of puzzles. Right. Or maybe you do. I, I don't, personally. Anyway, apparently, uh, also, I found out about this yesterday, and it launches Saturday. <laughs> so, so do we know how they're monetizing? Uh, inventory space and character slots and, you know, here's what I don't know. How do you limit character slots on a free-to-play game, right? You create an account with an email address and a password. How do they know that you're not just going to make a bunch more? I mean, uh, maybe it's just inconvenience that yeah. they're relying on. It's not that inconvenient. We we know from, from our experiences with KOL that people will make thousands of accounts if it benefits them. I think maybe you have to pay. You know what? This is how they've solved it. You cannot participate in the player economy unless you paid, unless you've paid something. Huh. That is one of the things that I read that didn't make any sense to me at the time. But now it does. Um, huh. you know, I could, it's, it's using the same engine. Uh, they've, they've updated the graphics, they say, but I think that just means like they've made new visual effects. Um, the main thing that was bad about that game was that the itemization was super goofy and really boring and didn't make any sense. And 
you know, we talked to we talked to somebody who worked on it years ago, and it was like, yep, they just said we weren't allowed to spend any more money on that, and so here are these things that you have, and like the designers couldn't control which model was associated with which items, yeah, which that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. It sounded awful, but but yeah. It's it, it seemed like a real like the left hand is being prohibited from seeing what the right hand is doing because of some so, weird yeah, middle hand <laughs> like executive vendetta or something. Yeah. Uh, Somebody lost a bet. But yeah, I don't know. They've uh, they've got this kind of like arg going in the lead up. It's not really an arg. It's just like a puzzle series thing. Um, we can unlock some kind of cool weapons. For, for your the character the mayor world, or exist. for just your character? Eh, there are things that you're unlocking for the whole world, okay. uh, but the weapons, I think, are are per character. Or maybe that just was a very early unlock. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's out in, like, I think, actually, maybe day after tomorrow for people who already had bought the secret world. Like, you get in a oh, few right. days early. So, I'm excited about not being able to do that because we have too much work to do. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but... Did any of us play the... They, I remember they used the Secret World assets to make like a horror game. Yeah, the park. Did any of us play that? Yeah, I did. I'll just go listen to the episode where you talked about it because I'm pretty sure you did. Just play it. It's like ten bucks and it's like an hour long. Okay. It's, it, I don't really know what the deal was there. Somebody, somebody in the video games hot dog slack said the park was like a tech demo for the secret world, which that doesn't make any sense to me because I feel like the park came out a couple years after the secret world. Yeah. Well, unless they made it, they made it and then didn't release it for sale until after that. But it's, it's a lot of the same assets, but it's an entirely different. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's like a walking simulator with some jump scares, but I'm into that. It's a cool environment. It's yeah, it was good. I'd like, I definitely recommend it, especially if you can get it on sale. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm stoked about the secret world. There was some other piece of news that I actually wanted to talk to you guys about, but now I don't remember what it was. Was it related to video games? It was related to video games. All right. Was it related to E3? No. Man, I got a newsflash. It's hot as fuck in here. Why is it so hot? It's like 120 degrees in Phoenix all week. Yeah. Glad we're not there. Mm-hmm. Me too. Although, when we were there, it was... Fine, because you're inside in air conditioned the whole time. Sure. We're inside without air conditioning here. That is true. And we're in like a... Jake has turned this room into a giant orange blanket. <laughs> well, has anyone played any video games? I have uh, only played Breath of the Wild. You got anything to say about it? Yeah, you got your Switch, Riff, yep. and now you're now you're lost. You're not switching between games. You're just playing the same it's, one over and over again. It's true, because that one is super fucking good. And I'm good extremely pleased with it. You're And you're not doing any fast travel at all? No fast travel. No fast travel, and I turned off the mini-map. Wow. It, it's, it's such a physics-y game that it... Anything I, I do like that that, that helps retain that sense of just being in a place makes it better to me it, yeah. it's it, to the point where i don't even i don't even really mind not being able to climb when it's raining because unlike the annoyance of like if you have to if you're playing a video game and you have to sit and wait for the level to load that sucks but that because it's 
you're being kept from playing a game, but like the degree to the which that annoys me depends on the degree to which it feels like what I'm doing is playing a game rather than being in a place. And, yeah. and this game feels so much like a place that I'm just like, oh, it's raining. I'll catch some bugs for a yeah. few minutes. It feels like a feature of the world rather yeah. than a restriction that's been placed on you by a game designer. Exactly. Does so, the yeah, rain confer it. any advantages on you? Um, I mean, stops you, can, you from being on fire. Yeah, you can potentially true. you if if it's uh, full on storming, you can use it against enemies by throwing metal weapons at them. <laughs> yeah, I saw a video of that and wasn't able to reproduce it. In any, well, I was able to do it, but not in any way that actually like was helpful. Yeah, I've I've had some some thrown metal objects get hit by lightning, but uh, generally I I'm not good enough at fighting to take advantage of that sort of strategy, <laughs> rather than just right. panicking. <laughs> so I, I feel like like thinking about it from a game design perspective, thinking of it as a game, like the rain would have been like. It would have been, at least been a wash if there were, <laughs> uh, thanks. There, if there were, um, if there was a like as salient an advantage that, uh, as salient as, oh, un being unable to climb was a disadvantage. I do know there is, there is at least one advantage is that, uh, it makes it harder for you to be noticed when you're, uh, when you're in stealth. It like masks the sun oh, so you your could, footprints. When, when it's raining, it's time to catch all the horses. Yeah. Yep. Man, so do you, I, how do you how do you feel about the one thing that I'm tired just thinking about is the like different outfits for different tasks in a game where you're switching between tasks sort of ad hoc. I don't mind yeah, it all the time. It, I I uh, I mean it's kind of funny that I can pause in the middle of a sword swing in combat and change into my armor. <laughs> But yeah. other than that, it's all right. I, I don't I don't have a problem. I, I I definitely found that stuff tedious, especially towards the end of the game. Yeah. It's just like a it's just like a time tax on system efficiency, and I and that I feel like that sort of thing, like from a design perspective, like taking out the 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 theming of it, the, the, from a design perspective, it should just give you like the best stats of all the armor you've collected. Yeah. yeah. And you climb as fast as your best climbing gear and you, cause I mean, it's not like that doesn't make any sense in the world though. Yeah. No, but, but they probably could have come up with, especially like the, the geniuses at Nintendo, <laughs> uh, feel, I feel like they should be, should have been able to come up with a, uh, a theming for that. That would have made sense. Right. And it's like this sword, I can hit five things with it before it breaks in half, but this bandana will last forever no matter what happens. Except I just have to remember to put it on every time I'm climbing. Right. Oh, if the bandana broke after, like, after you climbed for five seconds, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would have fixed that problem, I would, too. I would suggest you're climbing wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's making my temples throb just thinking about it. How tight that bandana must be. <laughs> yes. Well, Jim, have you played any video games? I played, uh, did you guys hear about Garfield Go? <laughs> no. I, did, I, I saw uh, a of. screenshot. That 
Is this a real game or is it's, this like a is this like a Sonic Dreams it's a, Arcane it's, Kids kind of thing? I, I think it's actually a Garfield licensed Garfield game. Okay. Yeah. Um it's it's a pretty poorly made ripoff of Pokemon Go where like as far as I can tell um I had to register to to play the game but as far as I can tell it never actually talks to a server because it it seems to be generating like so you load up the game and then you see a signal like a, a screen saying waiting for GPS signal um, and then you see a map of your surroundings so it's got map data um, and then you have to push a button and the button is like find items and the button when you push it it spawns in like coins and uh, like houses around you okay and so I think it's actually Are the coins and the houses like at the same scale Roughly, yeah. Okay. Um, so, and, like the uh, penny in the Bat Cave. I, 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 I'm not familiar with that reference. Uh, ba- Batman um, has a giant penny in his cave. Okay, you like that then? Yeah. Wait, well, why? Uh, it's a trophy from some penny-themed criminal, I think. Okay. What is the penny? His corpse? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Maybe he used to be like a copper sphere, and he got run over by a uh, flattens things. Copper spheres. A, a, a steamroller yes. whose drum has a picture of Abraham Lincoln on it for yes, unrelated exactly. reasons. <laughs> That's how they make pennies, right? Just... <laughs> yeah, tiny steamrollers. Yeah, right. I mean, Driven by rescue right? rangers. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think the, the, that button actually spawns in, like, those items to your local, um, game, not, like, pulling them from a server. Um, but then you have to go walk up to each of these items to use them. And when you use the coin, it, uh, it pulls up a, uh, uh, like, it uses the, the rear-facing camera to, to, like, put, like, a 3D animated Garfield in the world. Nice. Um, with a, with a bowl at his feet. And then you have to use the, the same motion you use to throw Pokeballs. You use it to flick lasagna into, into the bowl. Oh my God. Mm. Wait, lasagna. So the coin, there's a step where you use the coin to buy some lasagna that is not pictured? Uh, no, no, there's not a step like that. <laughs> Getting a coin. Oh, 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 I see. You've put the coin into an arcade machine, which is that, lasagna feeder. Uh, what happens is that if you get the lasagna into the bowl, then you get coins. Oh, so the coin just represents an opportunity yes. to trade performance at lasagna feeding for coins. Right. And so it's not always lasagna. Sometimes it's a, it's a donut. Okay. Uh, and these objects are all physically modeled. So, like, if it's a donut... There's a decent chance you like it'll land in the bowl and then roll out. Does the game change in any meaningful way on Mondays? <laughs> I haven't played one. I played it on a, I didn't play it on a Monday. That's a good idea. I mean that to me that is the difference between irrelevant and goaty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you played Prey on a Monday? No. Just try it. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure I did. Yeah, me at too. some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it gives you like the in this mini game, you have three tries to get the lasagna into the dish, and if you fail, then like it does the the same particle effect when a, po- a Pokemon escapes, Garfield vanishes with that effect. Hmm. Um, well, well, and, the, but if you do, if you do win, 
is now you just own Garfield? N- no. Garfield then, like, um, he appears in a different space, so you have to, like, rotate your phone to find, like, his new location, and then he's gesturing at a chest for you to open, and then you open the chest and you get those coins. Sometimes you also get, like, a panel from a Garfield strip, and so I've got, like, the middle panel in my collection, I've got the middle panel from the first Garfield strip. The least funny of the panels. Right, but can you, can you, like, rearrange them... Out of order or anything? I, I don't know. I don't have. I don't have more than one panel from any given strip yet. <laughs> wow. Do you, um, and and so, do you have to then further collect the version of it that has Garfield in it? Like, are you, are you making? No, Garfield he's, in, without, he's in there. It's not Garfield oh, without Garfield. Fuck. God, they missed a lot of opportunities. With Seriously, this. but what they didn't miss out on was the opportunity to get me an Amazon gift card because I found a quarter of one in one of those chests. Okay. And so, like, I, I'm apparently, like, one quarter of the way to a $5 Amazon gift card huh. in this game. That's a weird twist. That seems like that would run afoul <laughs> of gambling laws or something. Uh, you're not... Pe- no, maybe... If you oh, there, there are definitely microtransactions in the game. You can buy hats. Can you cash back out? Like, that's the... Uh, I, I mean... Okay. So it's not, that's, it's that's not, what differentiates. not a real Amazon card, it's just... I, it may be that there's no connection between you can't the money trade them with pay. other players. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any multiplayer in this game. Um, it may be that there's no connection between the money you pay and the money you can win. Um, or it may be that this person just hasn't really thought about the law at all. <laughs> this person, you, I, I, you feel I, that this I, game I, is the work of I'm a person. Pretty sure this game who is licensed, made by one person who licensed Garfield. <sighs> I, I mean, do you think it's somebody who when just I searched for Garfield Go, Jim Davis? It's like Jim Davis's yeah, Jim Davis's buddy's nephew. nephew. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> when I searched for Garfield Go on the Play Store, there were like fifty, they, and they all looked like official licensed Garfield games. Some of them were just Go, except the the <laughs> the, the instead of white orange, and black pieces, yeah. they're it's just like Garfield Garfield's and Odie. Face is yeah. Normal's face, yeah, yeah. <laughs> John is the board. It's not a very good game. Doesn't sound like it. I mean, it sounds like it could be great. They it, just didn't make any of the choices necessary to yeah, make it great. Yeah. Um, well, w- one thing that kept happening was that in the AR, uh, when you were like trying to like throw lasagna at Garfield, um, I was holding up my phone and Garfield was like drifting to the right. And so I was turning my phone to like catch him and he just drifted more. And it, that happened like three or four times while I was playing the game. And I'm wondering, like, I think this is probably like, I don't know. This is probably just like the direct input from the, uh, the, the, uh, accelerometer, like that they're, that they're relying on for this information. So how does Pokemon Go correct for that? Cause I never saw that issue with Pokemon Go. Like maybe they're looking at the, the camera input and seeing that it's mostly static. So don't make the thing drift in that case. It, it occurred to me just then that I don't know that I feel like lasagna is the least throwable <laughs> food, <laughs> but it's definitely down there, right? Yeah. Like, is it, are you throwing like a square of it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, 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 a rectangle of lasagna. Is it in a dish? Nope. What, what's just stopping a, it from? Just a big old. 
palm full of lasagna. I mean, it's it's. I, I think it's just really stale. Okay, but then Garfield wouldn't want it. Well, he gets real excited when it lands in you a know, dish. You know, none of this stuff sounds like anything that Garfield would do. If you gave Garfield lasagna, he would not be grateful. He <laughs> would he would be sarcastic he and would. snarky. He would certainly not go and show you where a treasure chest was. No, you're it's like right. not on brand for him at all. Yeah, I, I need to write to these guys. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy that that's a thing that exists in the world. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, United Features Syndicate, <laughs> for bestowing this on us. And thank you, Jim Davis's nephew. For, for being the lone developer. Yeah. I'm sure he just downloaded a computer, Garfield model from the Unity app store. Computer asset camp store. once. Yeah. Yeah. Downloaded a... There's got to be like an AR game starter kit that you can buy now, right? With like all of the or just possible a, like, cartoon characters you might license. Unity <laughs> Unity just has a Pokemon Go the way that it has like a first-person oh shooter. Oh my god, probably. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Uh, the only new game that I played this week was uh, a few of the levels of Hidden Folks. Oh. The, like uh, I heard that game has new levels coming soon. I guess so. Yeah, there was a there was a really cool uh, sort of post by the developer explaining how they constructed levels, and I was like, "Wow, do I totally get all of your uh, aesthetics and choices and mm-hmm. everything?" Because we have made so many similar ones for our video game. Uh, yeah, they are the only other game that I am aware of that I know that they assets. actually draw, draw the and assets scan. and then scan. Yeah. Yeah. Which is is interesting because theirs are also way more regimented. Like there it looked like from those screenshots like he uses uh like a kind of isometric graph paper behind oh, huh. the thing or at least is using a protractor and the the thing that he does that normal artists do that I have never done is draw things draw in pencil, draw things in pencil and then ink them. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's there's actually quite a lot of charm in the fact that you like all of the art, not all of the art, but like a lot of the art is like a first draft, right? Like it's not you don't go back and clean it up and and no, not unless it looks really terrible. Say I mean, what? Not unless it looks really terrible. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, but it's got it's got that. a lot of like personality about like just how the pin was used and stuff it does look more hand-drawn like i did not know that hidden folks was hand-drawn oh yeah yeah it's I mean, I so hand-drawn and scanned how sure. does the gameplay in that game work it's just like sort of like a word find except it's, you're looking for particular <laughs> pictures it's like a where's waldo yeah. kind of it's like a, it's weird, like a word it's like, it's like a word find except you're about words except yeah you're looking for a tiny plastic baby there and are, a cake there are a handful of objects in the world people or animals or literally objects uh and sometimes they are just sitting out there to be discovered and sometimes they are hidden behind leaves or something. Things that you have to interact with. Yeah, and so like you'll like cut down a bunch of grass and then behind there will be somebody that you've been looking for or whatever. Um, And those interactions are I guess from the description, from that like development description, I expected there to be a lot more interactions. I mean, there it's not that there aren't a lot, but I like got the impression that it was going to be like really dense and it's it's 
not it's it's a good i think it's a good density but it is um it's totally like something you can wrap your head around what are you playing it on just my phone okay it's it's you very zoom zoomable. in a lot yeah yeah how uh, many how many levels does this game have there i think there are four or five sort of worlds which are sort of just thematically related things and then within each world there are three to seven levels and the levels are a little bit pretty different like they have like a sort of starter it's like here are four objects in a area that fits on your screen as sort of like here's how the game works kind of situation to the just giant sprawling levels where it's it's very where's waldo style and then kind of an interesting there was one sort of variant on that where um there was a character that was trying to walk from one side of the map to the other and on sort of like a really wide uh, but short um, top to bottom level and you had to like scroll ahead of them and figure out all the, th- the things about their path that were broken like a bridge that wasn't down or like a, uh, like a lemon le- yeah and that was cool because that's like a thing that they that works in their engine it's a totally different gameplay mode yeah that is so much more interesting to me than just here are some pictures find them uh, in, like part of it is backdrop is the charm of the interactions right like the i the goal is mostly to play around with this space and see all the little sort of jokes that there are that feels a lot like where's waldo book yeah like in that like yeah. a lot of that stuff is just visual gags exactly yeah. I, yeah. The reason I asked about levels was I'm curious, like, at some point, once there is enough uh, variety of content in there, they could probably start making levels without even adding new art. Eventually, sure. But they're they're very specialized. You know, it starts off with a, a jungle and ends in a factory. And I don't know that there's any overlap on those sprites, you know. Yeah. Maybe some a factory jungle. Maybe. <laughs> but, the, like, all the people are pretty specifically, like, they're all wearing pith helmets in the jungle. and then, Yeah, from that, like, Upton Sinclair book. Where right, it's a yeah. jungle, but it's also a factory, and also uh, the milk is full of formaldehyde. I've never read the jungle, so oh. I, I only know what it's called and what it's about. Yeah, uh, but that's been that's been nice. Uh, I've not, I didn't get it on the PC because I just want a game that I can play like on the train or something, because <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of time to play other games right now yeah it's good soon soon it will this yeah. period of our yeah. lives will we are be like, over what, we are 17 days from content lock okay sure gonna gonna do it yeah gonna get are. through those lists yeah gonna get all that shit done yep i played uh, a couple hours of a total conversion skyrim mod oh yeah called enderall which uh, is just a fantasy, dumb fantasy name. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> it is fully, like, voice acted. Jesus. Like, this took somebody a long, long... Skyrim's been out for a really long time, which is sure. also depressing. But this took somebody a long time and a lot of work to make, and apparently had, like, 40 voice actors. You say that, but there has, they have not made a sequel to it. They haven't yet. Exactly. Well, they made Elder Scrolls Online. Right. Uh, so, the, it is... It's a pretty good-sized island that it takes place on that is doesn't look like Skyrim at all. Oh. Um, I mean, obviously, there are some assets reused, but it's like the the way that the it is laid out and, and the stuff. way the vegetation is and stuff. Like, it's not just 
it's not just snowy northern wilderness. Um, it has it has its own spells and stuff. Jeez, it's I don't know how many of them are like brand new because I never really messed with magic all that much in the original Skyrim. But something that it did that I thought was pretty clever was it has a set of skill trees that are custom for this mod, but there was no support for the, for doing that in the actual Skyrim UI. So what they did was they give you a skill, which is meditate, which just teleports you no matter where you are to this little Island out in the middle of like the ether where there are objects on plinths that you can interact with to spend skill points huh. that are just like little scripted interactable objects okay. that spawn particle effects for when you have, those skills and then you teleport back to wherever you were and i don't know if you can use that to like cheat your regen and stuff like if it mm. if it if you can go there to escape from combat maybe you can't go there if there's enemies around or whatever right. same as fast travel but it's pretty hard uh it, it's it seems to be way less forgiving than then Skyrim, like you'll you encounter enemies in the beginning that just this is just like a rat but if you're not careful it'll just kill you um you know, I'm so so hungry for a new Elder Scrolls right. game or a new Fallout game that it this is kind of it scratches that itch a little bit. I I have no idea if I'm going to go back to it or not, but it's it is an impressive undertaking. Whether I keep playing it or not, the writing is pretty bad. Um, That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it. I mean, and it seems bad in a like this was not it was not originally in English. Uh, I feel like the writing in Skyrim was also pretty bad. Yeah. It was not stellar, but it was pretty decent yeah, generic it, fantasy. It did the job. Sure, sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the thing is, though, in all of those games, the writing is not the really point. what is interesting about the game, and so right. it kind of doesn't matter. This, man, does it put you in a lot of fucking unskippable cutscenes in the mm. beginning, which is like, come on, guys. Like, you could have not spent this time and money, and it would have been better. Skippable <laughs> <laughs> cutscenes. You know, something else that I have gone back to and been playing a lot of lately is uh, the battle for Polytopia. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which is just this, this phone game that used to be called tiny civilizations or something right. and then they changed it because it was too much like civilization but it's just like a little 30 turn civ game i've never played the version of it that's that i've only ever played the like free play version that ah, just goes man. on forever yeah that's, but that's bad that, that, that it ends up having choice. the exact same problems that civilization games yeah. have if you let it go on that long but yeah it's and it's just like a score attack Civ game and it's fucking great. Like I've started to look up like I'm like how do people get these insane scores right. and I've just started like reading their forums and it's like people trading strategies and stuff and it's like oh huh. there's ways to there's ways to play this game that I had never thought of and now I'm getting better scores. But what is a what is a cool strat that you learned? So something that I never messed with at all was uh, customs houses, which are a thing that you build. And they start generating income for you for each port that they're adjacent to. Okay. So, like, you find a spot where there's a single piece of land that is adjacent to, like, five water squares that you can build ports on. And then you suddenly have the income of, like, a giant additional city just from building a customs house there. Okay. At which point you 
can get further down the tech tree and uh, play really, really aggressively militarily mm. uh, is another way to get much better score. Like I tend to play those games really peacefully, but that doesn't get you anywhere. No, because you, I mean, especially the, so another way to make your score higher is the more other civilizations that you're playing with on the map, the higher your score multiplier is and the higher the difficulty, the higher your multiplier is, but that just makes them play way more aggressively towards you. Okay. So you kind of have to, build up a military either way either defensively or or to just like wipe them out before they become a threat the the people who are talking about getting like the craziest like leaderboard scores are like hey i wiped out every other civilization on the map by turn 17 and then i had the rest of the game to just like maximize score just by like there are buildings that if you build them early they become worth more points right as the as the game goes on which is that's kind of an interesting military trade-off because if you, they're all like religious themed, they're just temples that you can build places. And so like being peaceful, that's theoretically the way that they justify or, you know, the way that they balance right. the extra score that you get from, from military conquest, except that the, the, by, by far the right thing to do is kill everyone and, and then build, build and temples. then build temples to their memories. So you get the, the best of both worlds. Um, I don't know. It's really good. It's it's just like it takes, you know, 15 minutes to play a game of it. That's cool. Yeah. And Zach. Yes. This is an open question. So anybody can answer this. Do you think civic planning is cool and fun? Uh, I remember when I first no. learned about floodplains in civic planning but, and but, was like, holy shit. There's like a whole set of civic constraints that as a citizen you just don't have yeah. to think about yeah that stuff's interesting but it, it's not something that i like have power fantasies about doing yeah you so, don't ever want to like optimize traffic flows or i could get into it as a puzzle yeah. um yeah i mean that's the thing like is that, mini, that mini, doing? mini metro is fun no you're not you are i mean is that what you personally are doing is what i mean in this game? Yeah. No, it's it's more like the the city itself is just a single square, square on the map that has some properties that are very limited. It's mm. it's more like deciding what squares to upgrade around the city. And it's your operations on a single city are simple enough that it doesn't become cumbersome when you have five or six of them to yeah. to play and no, that's well, I, I the guess entire what I'm getting at is like what what is the like what do you like about this game? Uh, the, hmm. And the reason I ask is because I looked at it, like someone recommended it to me and I looked at it in the app store and I just closed it immediately. It's like, nope. Really? Yeah. I mean, do you like civilization? Yeah. Do you like civilization? Like yeah. Sid, Sid Meier? I, I played a bunch of it as a kid because there, I had nothing better to do. Okay. Um, and I, I, I just, it, it just does not appeal to me now. So, I mean, do you enjoy upgrades and tech trees? Sure. Yeah. This has a lot of those. Do okay. you, All right. Do you not like the fact that you're not an individual unit? You are I, yeah, the collective That of might everything? be part of it. There's yeah. like nothing to identify so with. So you hate Hammurabi. But yeah. in Hammurabi, you're Hammurabi. That's, I don't feel like Hammurabi in Hammurabi. Hmm. Well, you don't look like Hammurabi in Hammurabi either. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this you is, do. This is you like, know what I, I've seen. I've seen like etchings of Hammurabi. He did look kind of like you. 
No, really? Yeah, what if you're the reincarnation of Hammurabi? <laughs> well, I've got the wrong job. So, like, I was asking this, like, question, like, in a way, a way that framed it as a, you being weird, Zach, but I think actually I'm the weird one. <laughs> mm. So, do you like tycoon games? No. All right. Do you like TIE fighter games or raccoon games? <laughs> what about The Sims? Raccoon games, like, you mean like Bubsy? Yeah. It's, I would play like one Bubsy, of those. Bubsy 3D. Yeah, I would play one of those. Yeah, I would say the Battle for Polytopia is probably closer to Bubsy 3D is the assignment Bubsy 3D. one day. Haven't we? We did. Did we? Well, I wasn't there. That's the one where Bubsy visits the James Terrell. No, no, that was um, that was Bubsy 3D visits the James Terrell. Yeah, that was, the, that was the Arcane Kids game. Oh, like, I thought that's all. Actual game. No, I know. I know <laughs> okay. it was an actual series, but I thought. No, I mean, like, we should do Bubsy 3D, the PlayStation game. Oh, well, how, an, how 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 am I going to play that, buddy? You just do what Rift does and watch a YouTube video. <laughs> I think there there's uh, viable PlayStation emulators. Yeah, there are PlayStation emulators. We could totally mm. pirate this game. Well, if you say so. Hey, do you guys want to talk about this assignment, The Prisoner sure. Two for the Apple IIe? Yeah, I recorded a little video of it again. I actually, I think I'm going to start just doing that regularly for any game where it's feasible for me to do so. so that seems like a good idea because yeah. yeah. it seems like it'll actually make it so you play them for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so any any listeners that, that want to see those, my uh, YouTube account is uh, Rifflesby, R-I-F-F-L-E-S-B-Y. And I've also been linking them onto my Twitter, which is at the same thing. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. That's right. I feel like, like I, I love like weird games that are hard to understand and like hard to like like just even piece together what's happening yeah it's but it's intriguing like, but it, it's, it's intriguing like, but like it, it's it's a point and click game that hates you and doesn't want you to win basically right yeah. and it's also like really non-performant yeah um and that's part of the punishment like i i the analogy i made at dinner was that this is like a an avant-garde film where like you try to Put it into into the projector, and the film just falls apart. <laughs> the so I I found it to be much more tolerable if you turn the emulation speed up to like four or five x mm. the normal clock speed on the Apple IIe. Yeah, I kind of or don't, you can uh, play the like Atari eight hundred version, which right. is just that fast to begin with. Or you can just read the. Yeah. This the is design. actually what I recommend: is reading the yeah, design doc. Yeah, not the design. I didn't read the design doc, although I should. Oh, um, I should. read it's the I read the article about it on the Digital Antiquarian. Oh sure. Well, yeah. I think it was that. Right. That's the one that linked to the. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure. I think I read the same article as you, but I'm not sure if. It okay, was. so so check out check out the role that the man who made this game plays in in the history of video games hot dog this man went on to make the i have no mouth and i must scream adventure game he did oh I that we no played idea. as an assignment and then he was the fixer that activision sent to troika when vampire the masquerade bloodlines was in trouble wow. and actually got it out the door wow <laughs> like what a weird thing to be true of the person that made this random thing in the 80s I, I mean i can sort of see the roots of that yeah, so right? so the 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 lineage from this prisoner game to i have no mouth and i must scream oh, which was a game clear. that very much like fucked with the adventure game format to to some and extent hated and the hated the player yeah. yeah very clear uh not so much vampire i mean like 
Yeah. No, but there was there was a bunch of like just really cool systemy stuff in there for you to find in. And I, you know, I think he was more of a producer on that. He was yeah. the designer of the of the the Harlan Ellison adventure game. He was not the writer that got sent to like live with Harlan Ellison for a while to put it together. That was the other guy. There are three people credited, and and he's the the one that's not Harlan Ellison or that okay. guy. <laughs> uh, he also worked for New World Computing for a long time and was responsible for a lot of the Heroes of Might and Magic games. Uh, so you two would be you two would be best buds. <laughs> well, I don't. He didn't work on any of the New World Computing games that I liked. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, the Heroes of Might and Magic games were fine, but but yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this game, like, I can't think of any earlier example of. A thing that this game does, I guess the, the, the ground, like, let's, let's lay out what this is to start with. You are, you are told the what prisoner two. Yeah. Apple two. The prisoner two for Apple two. Um, so in the prisoner riff, you've watched this and the rest of us haven't, I think, but they're like, this guy has been kidnapped and they're trying to get him to explain to them why he left the service. Yes. Yeah. The, and, the, and a secret agent has resigned and, uh, and not told anybody why. And he gets kidnapped and basically held prisoner on a sort of, seaside vacation resort that's that's all set up very sort of sort of british 60s psychedelic orwellian and uh and who and it's not clear whether it's the people he used to work for or the opposition that is running this place and they're and they're trying all different strategies to get him to reveal why he resigned and so in this game, you're given a three-digit code in the beginning of the game, and your task is not to reveal it to the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, the game is a series of vignette games that were all written in BASIC, just AppleSoft BASIC, uh, that are joined together via this machine Overworld. language code thing that, that just switches operation between multiple basic programs, which is a thing you can't otherwise do. But the game keeps trying to trick you into telling them the number, at which point you just immediately lose. Which happens, like, I just, I was like, well, I guess I'll see what happens. And the very first thing that they ask is, like, who are you? Mm-hmm. You have four options. One of them is that. And if you give them the number, you just lose the game immediately. <laughs> One of the things that it does later is that it pretends to crash and tells you that there is a syntax error in a given line of code in the hopes that you will type list and then that number, which it the number is the number they're trying to get you to type in. And so by doing that, by trying to debug the the program, (laughs) they trick you into doing it. I can't think of an earlier example of a thing like the like, Batman Arkham Asylum or Psycho Mantis. Right. Like fourth wall. Or yeah, the like, the like acknowledging the system that the game is running on and tricking you into thinking that there's been some kind of malfunction with it. And this Uh, was 1980. Well, and especially like in 1980 that you, you can basically rely that pretty much anybody playing this game would know how to debug a basic program. Right. Yep. And because of that, it also like, 
basically the only way to figure out how to beat this game, basically, was to read the source code. Right. <laughs> and figure out what you were supposed to do. But the world that this game sets up, that solution is completely within the spirit of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of the game to do, or to just edit the program so that you win. <laughs> um, it, it's just a bunch of, like, vignette games that are more or less like stuff out of those old creative computing books that were lists of basic programs there's like a little hammurabi kind of game there's i fucking wish the control scheme was consistent from one to the other because that it changes was driving me yeah. to fuck with you yeah, some some like you. yeah. you're in mazes a lot of the time and sometimes you navigate by using right up left and like r u l and d to go right up, left, and down, and yeah. sometimes you're using N E W and S to go. Right. You can never like turn in the maze. No, right? you can never turn. Yeah, you know, you're, you're just always facing. You don't. So if there's a way behind you, you're not sure that. Yeah, you a, have to yeah. check all the time, and it's because it's in this like 40 character wide text mode because it's running on an Apple II. The messages that it gives you are really terse, yeah. and they're like concerned with being funny and clever more than they're concerned with being articulate about the game state. And so, man, is it deliberately confounding? Yeah. <laughs> like the 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 very first. So after you give them a a response that is not your no maybe is that after the maze I guess you go through a maze first. There's like a there's like a cutscene. And they drop you into a maze, and then you get out of the maze, and they ask you your name. And if you give them the wrong, if you give them your number, you just die, and the game is over, and you have to restart. Uh, and then you have to redo that maze again. And but it's like, different; it reconfigures the maze. It was the same for me. Uh, it was it's not the identical same for me. For me. Yeah, and that was when I stopped playing and started reading about the uh, video game instead of. I like that. That maze was so unfriendly, and the fact that like the way that the maze works is. If you make a wrong turn and walk into a square that looks identical yeah, to any other, as far as I can pits, tell, it yeah, just teleports you back to the beginning. Did you know, though, that uh, you can you can opt to not do the maze? By hit- Zach was telling me that. Yeah. If you hit, well, I don't know. Should I spoil it? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. If you hit the escape key on your on on your keyboard, it just lets you, you literally right out escape of the, maze. the maze. Yeah, and yeah. and you get points for that because that's in that that rebelliousness is in keeping with the uh, with the personality of the character from the show. I see. You also get points for taking the disc out of the drive and throwing it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah, sure, but the the game can't calculate those points for you anymore. <laughs> well, the game does give you points for destroying it. It knows. The disc knows. It's just you can never actually verify that it has done right. something because you've destroyed the disc. But in future generations when they unearth the disc, it will know. No, someone got a lot of points from this this disc. Exactly. This is a real interesting work. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good game, but I don't think it needs to be a good game to be to be uh, worth messing yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, it definitely, definitely pushed a bunch of boundaries, and that's great. Yeah. And it's weird because, I mean, a lot of things pushed boundaries in 1980 just because no they one had decided new. where the boundaries were yet, and no yeah. one had discovered where the limits were. But this one... Yeah, no, this, is, this game is pushing brand boundaries that still exist. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, uh, I'm going to link to that article in the in the yeah. show notes because that's real good, and I'm going to read the design doc. I wonder what a it's real good. 2018 remake of this game would be like. Hmm. Stanley Parable. I. 
Yeah. No, the Stanley Parable I doesn't mean, hate you enough. Yeah, I feel like it's I, it's still tongue in cheek friends friends with when you. When we did Insanity as the assignment, I was comparing that to Glitter Mitten Grove, and I think this is close as well, hmm. just structurally. Like there's an overworld, and then there's a bunch of vignettes, and the connection between them is kind of tenuous. Did you know this game I, before? I had played it, but I didn't get I didn't get anywhere in it. Had you played it just? On a disc of on a in a yeah. box full of Apple discs that you got no, as a kid, this or was like, like an emulation. Okay, when I was, I I, I downloaded a bunch of uh, uh, Apple II discs that looked interesting and played them all. And yeah, this was one of the ones that like the one of the reasons I didn't get into it was that I had fifty other discs that I had just right. downloaded, right? Which were all more accessible than this, even the bad ones, right? The, the notion, I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, having something that's well-crafted and interesting, but hidden behind just like a, a pain in the ass sort of front piece that, that weeds out people that aren't interested in putting some time and effort into your project. And like, I I wasn't at this point in my life, you know, I'm, I'm not going to solve a maze a bunch of times. I didn't know about the escape option. Um but I'm glad that somebody else made that game and that people understood that it was, that there was a lot going on, you know? And also, I mean, if you were, if you were your age in 1980 sure. and you had just bought this and this was one of two games that you had on your yep. computer, you probably would have spent some more time with it and been more patient with it. That's true. I didn't read the manual. I was curious as to whether the manual like sort of tells you anything. Oh, it yeah. seemed like a, at least the the thing I saw was, just a piece of little piece of fiction. fiction. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Thanks, Mike Laser Walker, for uh, pointing out the existence of yeah. this. I wish yeah. I could remember the context. Um, but yeah, this is neat. And and thanks, David Mullick, the for context? making this and then making that Harlan Ellison game <laughs> and then helping to make Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Was the, probably the, the other stuff you did in your career as well. Yeah, it was a the prisoner themed puzzle pine, and that was why Mike brought it up. Yeah. Well, guys, what's our next assignment? We are going to play Tumble Seed. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you say so. And I'm gonna be it's playing the game. It. I'll be playing it on the Switch, so just after having announced that I'm going to be doing videos of every game, I'm not gonna be doing a video of this one. Just so. uh, take a video with your phone. <laughs> I'm sure that won't be bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> Get one of those replacement eyes that broadcasts everything you do out on Twitch. That's a terrible idea. Huh. Um, You know, one of those eyes. (laughs) So Tumbleseed is the game uh, that Greg Wolwind and someone else that I don't remember uh, made that's based on the old arcade machine ice cold beer, which is like a physical machine that is a it is a vertical surface with a bunch of holes in it that are that are made to look like the bubbles in a mug of beer and you have a ball bearing on a metal rail and you raise and lower the 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 left and right sides of the rail independently with these two joysticks to make the ball move around and you're trying to get it as high up as you can without it falling into any of the holes yeah I've Um, played that but it was like mountain themed so kids could play it mountain climber I don't. Are you like a bubble trying to escape 
The beer, are you like a fly that has gotten caught inside a beer? What? I like the bubble theory better. But the holes are bubbles too, yeah, right? Yeah, and you join, you, you join with them and lose your oh, individuality. Oh, like you've lost your individuality by... Inc- <laughs> I see. God, yeah. so you're like a soul trapped in a bubble and you don't want oh, your soul to be diluted. for alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, unless the metaphor is it's awesome, uh, I don't, I don't trust it. Gentlemen, do you know who this episode of Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? Who? Generous Patreon backers, such as Al Kahalism, <laughs> Sergeant Al Powell, Vodka Drunkinski, <laughs> Tom Collins, Whiskey Jack, Soda Drunkinski, Rum. Shotsky. <laughs> He's a Russian. <laughs> okay. Rum Polstilskin. Okay. He's Polish. Yeah. Cool. Do we, all right. Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 292 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do another one real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if you do, great. And if you don't, great. Cockaboobooboobalaya. Good night, everybody. Good night. Have a great week, everyone. Kevin, say cockaboobooboobalaya. Thanks. I just want I just want you to be on the same team. I'm I'm on the same team. Thanks, buddy. Sure. <laughs> have a have a great week, everybody. Every time you do that, it extends the window that I have to to keep going. And then Jim to, says, "Bye, everyone." It's just yep. just more space for uh, you to insert the name of the the assignment. I think right. that no one sent it this time. <gasps> the prisoner. I know. The prisoner. Two. Bob Squad Academy. Bob Squad Academy. The prisoner two. Prisoner Academy. The prisoner two. Good night, everybody. Fuck. <laughs>